And welcome to episode 21 of the Misanthropod. I'm Snipe, and I'm joined by Wib. Say hello. Hello. And I'm joined by Drama Matt. Say bonjour. Bonjour. Ah, see, he's, he's learning hey. his French. Yeah, I see what you're doing there. It's not that I just do what I'm told. Okay, fair enough. Well, isn't, isn't that what learning a language is? Just doing what well, you're told until you understand it. <laughs> yeah. The tricky bit is understanding what you're being told. But <laughs> You can generally get the implication. Yeah, 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 totally. You know, put your finger here, lick this, you know. It's... <laughs> okay. Uh, and how many languages do you know? <laughs> you don't want to talk about it, I, do you? I don't want to talk about it. It was a dark time in my life. Okay. What have you been up to, Matt? Um, learning French. Oh. And looking for houses. And this much of a muchness from last time, I think. At least the progression being we found a house. Oh, And we're moving nice. in tomorrow. Or, I guess, by the time this goes out, a few days ago. Um it's getting all weird and time warped now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'll be good. So I'll have I'll have more of a um, permanent podcasting, recording, whatever setup. Because I don't know if you guys can, if it's possible to share the picture of my current setup. Um, <laughs> we'll find like an Im- Imga link or something. I don't know. I'll, put, I'll, I'll comment on the U- on the on the on it on YouTube with an Imga link of my current setup, which is just ludicrous. <laughs> I basically made a blanket fort. Yeah, it's it's pretty glorious, I'm going to be honest. It was using... awful. We forced him to do it. it. Oh, this poor man forced to build this kick-ass blanket fort. No, you guys were like, no, don't worry about the weird echoes from last time. I was like, no, no, this is an amazing excuse to build a blanket fort. I'm going with this. I'm just surprised it doesn't have a no girls allowed thing on the outside of it. You know? Oh, it should. Oh, it, okay. No, it should be in French. Because, okay. you know, all those French women trying to break into Drummer Matt's apartment <laughs> to get into his blanket fort. He's sick of it. That's that's a euphemism that needs to be uh, widespread. <laughs> Getting into drum, uh, Drummer Matt's blanket fort. Oh, I. Oh. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And there we go. There's a title for the episode. <laughs> um, Got that yeah. away. Nice and early. <laughs> but, well, I mean, yeah, jobs are good. Yeah, beyond looking for houses and trying to work out French bank accounts and all that sort of stuff that no one really wants to hear about, I'm sure. I'm, not really <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure there's contribute. plenty of people who want to hear about your bank account, dude. Don't worry. <laughs> it's the, it's the, uh, the hot content everyone's waiting for. They want to know how to set up a bank account in French. What I have learned as a quick summary is that however bad you think banks are in England or wherever you're from, they're probably better than French banks. Are they that bad, huh? Like, they basically charge you for everything. Like, they char- there's a monthly charge to have a debit card, and then they okay. charge you to post it you to your house. So you can have said debit card. Like, right. Yeah. Like, it's just quite often the accounts will be, um, it's a debit card, but it doesn't go out to the end of the month. So you can't track what you're spending until the end of the month when it all disappears. That is Oh, that's awful. bullshit. I don't think that's all of them. So we just need to learn what the word is for the one that's not that. <laughs> you need to learn. Non-English the... debit but, I mean, card. There's presumably I need the not shit, a, um... how to say not shit the debit card <laughs> yeah. in French. Yeah, pretty much. So, Damn. but I mean, other than that, I can't contribute too much to the whole gaming conversation, I'm afraid, again. But oh, I mean, no. everyone's used to that anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> Even when you had the time to do it, it was pretty much the same. But now he's learning French, which is way cooler. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you're busy doing crazy cool things around the world, and we're just sitting here playing video games, so, you know, we, yeah. uh, we can't really judge you too harshly. Who's got the high ground? I can't get a job here until I learn French, and I can't learn French all day, so the plan is, once I invent, I'll come back to UK next month, bring back my PC to here, and then I've actually got time, and I'll, in theory, have something to talk about. Awesome. Fingers crossed. And I can totally not buy WoW again. Well, you'll have to, like, join, like, a French realm on, like, WoW or something. Because that's, that's a pretty good way of learning learning a different language is uh, playing yeah, a game true. in a different language. I mean, getting insulted for your low DPS yeah. in another language is going to make you learn pretty quick. Can you imagine how lovely it sounds to be called a fucking moron who needs to get good dips An in uninstalled French. game. Yeah, yeah, can you imagine how amazing that sounds in French? I, I am, it probably sounds very nice. It probably has a bit of a, a bit of poetry to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't feel so bad. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, because I wouldn't understand what they were fucking saying. Well, yeah, there's that. With my C-grade GCSE French. See, I don't even have a grade in French, and it's like, you, you, so, oh, apparently you can speak French oh, to yeah. a C level. Yeah, according to my GCSE, I, I actually know how to understand French, at least to a basic degree. Uh, spoiler, I do not. <laughs> um, I, I have no idea what, what happens with French. Um, Bonjour, sayonara yeah. kind of thing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that could be French. Could I be just French. don't know. Konnichiwa, that's French, right? It probably is, yeah. Itadakimasu, that's French as well, <laughs> oh, I believe. Like, you and your fucking Itadaki... Okay, no. <laughs> I'm not getting into this fucking conversation with you again. So, um, I guess we should talk about video games a bit. Yes, what has happened in the world of video games? Oh... Probably lots of things, but we're terrible and barely ever pay attention to anything. Uh, there is one one bit, of, brief bit of news that um, we won't we won't dwell upon very long, and it's not actually video games; it's just gaming in general, which we will mention to you briefly because we just want to inform you that it's a thing that happened. See, I thought this was a joke, right? Yeah, because it's completely and utterly ridiculous. It it is. Um, so the. Uh, Pater, the people for the ethical treatment of animals. You know how every now and again they get a bee in their bonnet about something that doesn't matter? Yeah. And um, like when they made a parody version of Super Meat Boy that was like Super Tofu Boy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and it played like shit and just made them look stupid. And they did a thing about like Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, and how it was like encouraging children to normalize animal fighting. Um, which is bullshit. Yeah. Um, they've, they've done another one and... <sighs> What the, they uh, they sent a message to Games Workshop. Lower your prices, you twats. <laughs> no, no, that'd be behind <laughs> that. I'd message. be like, you know what, Payton? You, you know, I, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, <laughs> they basically said that it is um, completely um, unacceptable that their models, some of them, have fur. It's disgusting. Space wolves, gross. Yeah, um, because it uh, will normalize wearing fur to children. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, all those children that are going out there with their power fists whipping people apart. Oh, I yeah. know. And their jump packs <laughs> and their heresy. And where, Don't get me started. Wearing human skulls. <sighs> Scarring their own visage. Yeah, it's... Um... I'm sick of all these kids with their jump packs and their, their fucking... Chainsaws. Their black carapaces. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just one of those ridiculous things where it just it doesn't it doesn't take any amount of like thought process to go, but it's it's a not real, b set in an apocalyptic awful future where everything is shit, and since you specifically name the space wolves, it should be mentioned because they like make a make a thing in the little announcement, you know, about like 
fur trade and shit like that. It's like, no, look, the Space Wolves don't have, they don't a, have fur a fur trade. trade. They're not. They're not all about that vintage couture. They <laughs> they go and hunt these animals that can tear them apart. They hunt things that are part of a death world. To actually kill one and take its pelt is actually kind of impressive. And they kind of need to because it's super chilly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit a bit ridiculous. I kind of just assumed that, yeah, they just do this shit for publicity. And so they're kind of giving them what they want. Yeah, so we should probably stop do- yeah. stop that. Just want to, like Fucking Matt Ward waited in on this, which really confused the shit out of me. You're <laughs> Matt Ward. So I was like, yeah. wait a minute. I'm not married to that guy. Who's this motherfucker? What, you're like, I didn't realise that you'd actually got your own Twitter. Yeah, I was like, whoa, shit. Rather than just shitposting on the Snipe and Whip one. <laughs> I thought that's what that's what you're supposed to do with an official Twitter account, just shitpost all day. We're not all Denny's. I know, and that kills me inside. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apart from that, uh, there is mm, there is probably news, but we haven't been paying attention. I did see um, one bit of gaming news, I guess. Because um, it came up on a, a, a um, post on Facebook, like a sponsored post on Facebook. Um it's always the most reliable source of news. Yes, it's the highly promising game of a mixture of a video game based on a film and also Square Enix. So, have you heard about this? The new um, oh, Square Avengers. Enix event, Avengers game? Yeah. yeah. I don't think we know anything about teasers? it apart from there's going to be a game. I don't, I don't think anything else has been released that I've seen. Yeah, I, I saw the trailer and I was just... It was one of those things where you watch it and you go, well... If I don't even know what genre of game this is, yeah, and I've I've been around the block enough to know that when Square Enix makes a pre-rendered um, thing, that doesn't mean shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so it's news, but there's absolutely nothing to go on. <laughs> the only news is that it's a thing. The surprising news that a video game company is making a video game. <gasps> Slow the fuck down there. Oh. Wait, I mean, hey, come on, Valve. So, I mean... <laughs> you know, they actually, actually... Ooh, actually, they, um, they're actually working on a new game, aren't they? They are. They're like, oh, yeah, you know how we used to make video games and now we, like, just don't do anything at, at all and just let Steam go to shit? I, I haven't heard about this. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, oh. we want to focus on video games and people are yeah, like, Yeah, um, wow. Gabe, Gabe was in a... Um, was it an AMA on Reddit? It was something like that. He was, that. yeah. yeah. I missed it said, for like two hours. Yeah, and someone basically, you know, called him on like not making any games anymore. And he was like, well, actually, we're working on um, first person um, games at the moment. He didn't say what or if it was connected to Half-Life or whatever. I, I, I don't know if uh, if Gabe knows this, but uh, making hats for TF2 does not count <laughs> as making a first person shooter. no. No, this is true. <laughs> no, I would be very interested to see what mm. Valve come out with now, because obviously they were like market leaders at a time. Well, I didn't realise that um, the Source Two engine is a thing, because that's what apparently I heard someone talk about. It's like tit- the new Titanfall and a few other games, so on the new Source engine. Really? So I was Holy like, shit. really? I haven't checked this, so citation needed. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to pretend that's but, 100% gospel, yeah. because Googling is for dweebs. Oh, yeah. It's not <laughs> yeah. like I have a computer right in front of me to check or anything. Nah, yeah, no, nah, we could check, but far. I mean, I'm sure someone would love to point out our errors on the comments, so it's fine. All right, we should probably get on to, you know, t- talking to people who actually play video games occasionally. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe so. So I believe you want to go first there. Well, why not? I've, uh... Okay, so, drama mat, don't judge me, and... Listeners, don't, please don't judge me. I've been playing a lot of Honeycam Studio. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what that is, but it sounds like I should judge you for it. <laughs> it, it you kind of should. Um, 
It's like a uh, a cam girl empire kind of game where you have to build up a porn website and you've got all your <laughs> girls and they do cam shows and you've got to earn money and fans. It's okay. from the same people that made Honey Pop. Yeah, which is kind of like bejeweled with boobles. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. And it's banned on Twitch, Honeycam uh, Studio, even though there's no nudity. There are some suggestive uh, like uh, pictures, like the, the loading screens are like women bending over and stuff, but they're, they're all fully clothed, so it's just it's just suggestive. And I don't think you even see a, a, a donger. You well, see a couple of dildos in the start, but they're but they're quite low low detail pictures, so it's like well, the cartoons. That's the thing. It's like there's nothing. I mean, it's suggestive content, of course, very thoroughly, but. There's no, there's nothing that would break Twitch TOS. There's no actual nudity. It's less suggest, less suggestive than the guy caught fapping on Twitch. So, well, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> God bless you, Dark Side Phil. No, <laughs> no, we're not, we're not fucking talking about Dark Side Phil. It's fine. He's, he's the one YouTuber that everyone can kind of badmouth a little bit, and no one cares. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. He's a gift to the YouTube community. We should all be grateful. Uh, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Honeycam Studio is... Uh, well, have you ever played a game and just sat there go, like the whole time going, this is not for me? <laughs> you know, because it's like, hey, big boy. And I'm like... Mm. <laughs> so uh, the basic premise of the game is you start up and there's some sarky, fourth wall breaking, lol, so... Uh, so cynical character who's like, oh, finally you showed up. You need to deal with all these like girls and manage it and turn a profit within 21 days. You, uh, you're given a girl and you've got to do... There's like a bunch of buildings you get that do different things, like activities. So uh, you can drag and drop her onto the, the camera studio so she can do a sexy cam show. And you get more money as she gets more talented and more fans. So it kind of exponentially increases your your gains. You can get more girls as the game goes on, and there are like modifiers you can equip the girls with, like um, a cake. Okay. So you can cater to fetishes because ad- advertising is also a little bit. Yeah, there's literally cake farting porn. That is a fetish that gives you like bonus, like plus twenty five percent fans, and you can like buy okay. adverts to advertise on cake farting okay, websites cool. to increase your traffic. And to be honest, I was just kind of grateful to know that other people in this earth. That have seen uh, the cake farting porn, um, so I know that it's not just a brief mania that uh, I was subjected to. Yeah, that was, was when we were recording our first album, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, a producer was like, "Hey, check this out! It's so funny! It's a bunch of women farting on chocolate cakes." And we're like, "Mate, um." Well, that was the most normal video he showed us during that week. So, yeah. You know. Well, I think I got my revenge because I, I showed him a couple of cringe videos that he just could not deal with, and it's like, "Yeah, mate, yeah." Yeah, he was checking fucking mate, bro. He was laughing at videos of people fucking sheep's heads. Yeah. In a dress. Yeah. But um, you show him the world's biggest Ninja Turtle fan and he can't handle it. He just noped the fuck out of it. And it's like, what are you, a man or a mouse? (laughs) But yeah, so there's this cake farting modifier, which is fun. Um, There's also like uh, individual girls have like, uh, there's like alcohol and, and smoking things. So some of them smoke, some of them drink. Two varying degrees. There's like one character who's like, honestly, I find her really creepy. Her name is Aiko, and she was fired from like her position as a teacher for fucking students. And I'm like, that's really kind of not okay. 
I mean, I think she was like a college student, but still, it's kind of a bit iffy, you know what I mean? Mm. And now, and then she's also addicted to, like, alcohol, so you have to keep going to the shop and buying alcohol, which spends time. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like a plate spinner. So, you know, you'd be like, oh, I'm out of cigarettes, and the girls get stressed, and when they get too stressed, they can't work, so you send them to the day spa, and you've got to, okay. yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, to manage yeah. your time and how long is spent in certain buildings and that kind of thing. I, I got quite into it, because you need to get... um a certain amount of fans be up the, when the 21 days point reaches because money is kind of irrelevant but you you need that to do activities that get you fans so like first time I played it I was like yeah I ended this with like plus 10,000 like dollars I'm yeah. doing well and it was like oh you failed you twat and I'm like how how did I fail? I've made... No, because that's way funnier than it actually was. Because it was like, um, oh my god, you... I leave you in charge for like two minutes and we're in... Oh, fuck off. It doesn't exactly sound like you're enjoying this game. I enjoy the mechanics of it. <laughs> but the rest of it, like the, the set dressing is a bit iffy. Like some of the items you get, it's... I don't know if it's trying to be really cynical and, and, and a bit cool. Or is it's genuinely trying to satirize like the horrors that sex workers face. Like, um, you can, you can load up girls with cocaine and they'll perform duties twice as fast. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay. It's like, and then like when she runs out of cocaine, it'll go, oh, this girl ran out of cocaine. And it's like, I feel like a douche. Cause I'm like, Hey, I need more money. So I'm going to put this high schooler, well not high schooler, but like the, the girl who's got the, um, the teen thing going on. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give her a bunch of cocaine because I need more money. <laughs> that doesn't feel no. good. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to assume that it's just part of the satire. I think it's supposed to be kind of like, isn't it? Isn't it crazy? But it's just, mm, it's it's a bit. It's supposed to be funny, but all it does is make you feel bad on your insides. It makes it makes me feel bad for actual sex workers, but you know. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. You can actually get them to do escorts when you send them to the cam studio. Say that takes like eight hours or whatever, and you make a certain amount of money depending on how many fans she has and whatnot. So for argument's sake, say I'm sending a girl to the cam studio because I need money and she makes eight grand from one session. You can send her to the sleazy hotel and make eight grand in an hour. <laughs> so you basically send her off with one of okay. the fans for an hour and then you get quick cash. But STDs are also a mechanic. <laughs> okay. So I played, I played once and a girl got an STD. I think she got chlamydia. And then, like, this fucking the tutorial bent, she pops up and she's like, oh, yeah, she's got an STD. <laughs> Sucks to be here, I guess. Oh, well. If I there was something we could do about it, doesn't matter. You know, some STDs are permanent. Okay, bye. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So for your, your empire, not only are you uh, getting innocent girls addicted to cocaine, but you're also getting some of them... Probably with life-altering permanent diseases. Yeah. Uh, also, um, you you recruit new girls by sending your girls to hang out at the modelling agency. Now, see, that doesn't sound particularly bad, but it feels kind of like, hey, you know how you're you're having trouble making it and in, in, in the modelling industry? Come f- like flash your foof at people online, and you know you'll make triple what you're making. To- it just feels a bit predatory. <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, it's like that's that's the thing I'm having. It's like a lot of these elements are a bit troubling. But the mechanics, for the most part, are pretty decent. <laughs> okay, right. So I'm kind of, I'm having a, I'm really quite torn on it. So it's like ah, it it is a, it is a good mindless little kind of like 
plate spinning game. You know, just don't think about giving like fresh out of college, bright eyed and bushy tailed girls cocaine and sending them to the sleaze hotel where they can get horrifying like AIDS. <laughs> And then just be broken for the rest of their life. Just don't think yeah, about don't it. Don't worry about that. You can get you can get a condom. So a like, condom. You, no, condom. you get like single use items. <laughs> a shared one. I, look, I don't know how you do it. Like how you do it, and I ain't gonna judge. But there should be no such thing as a communal. It's like you can wear you can wear underwear like four times. You know, you got front ways, back ways, inside out, front oh, ways, okay. inside out, back ways. Okay, 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 Matt. Matt, explain to me, explain to me how you can wear a condom four ways, including inside out, back to front. Because, I mean, you shouldn't be able to, and I'm kind of disappointed you probably can, but I'm just saying that's probably not the, the best idea, especially, you know, for, for ladies or, yeah, for or anyone, gentlemen yeah, working in the sex industry, yeah. just anyone in general. Uh, but yeah... You can send them off with Johnny's, and they'll be like, can, like they'll be safe for like one visit to the sleazy motel. So, I think I'm having trouble achieving the trophies because um, at the end of the 21 days, in order to get like, you need to get trophies. So, if you get 4,000 fans at the end of the the 21 days, that's a bronze dick trophy. It is like a, a kind of semi lob penis. Okay, bronze. Yeah. And like I think ten thousand is like or fifteen thousand is silver, and it goes up till you get platinum mega dong. Are they more erect? As oh, they, go they are more erect as they go Perfect. along. Good, yeah, good. I mean, there's not much detail. Again, it's just like you know those dicks that kids yeah. draw and everything. Well, again, like if you can play Outlast on Twitch, then um, just seeing a cartoon dick is really should really not be uh, it's, anything. It's you know. really just nothing. Okay, I have a I have an important gameplay question. Okay, I'm listening. So you finish the game and you get your dick trophy. Yes. If you replay the game again, do you get to use the dick trophies you've collected as part of the shows? No, which I oh. think is a massive design oversight. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's obvious, dreadful. Right? Mm. Now I'm just trying to think of the logistics of uh, popular YouTubers um, trying to have sex with their silver play buttons. <laughs> silver play oh, I'm sure someone's done it. There's somebody out there who's that's their exact fetish. So stop king okay. shaming people. <laughs> I, I'm not shaming. I'm merely curious. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, uh, like it's weird because it's kind of like you uh, at the end at the end of the 21 day period, you know, you get ranked and you, you congrats, you got a bronze dong. <laughs> Here's like eight uh, currency, which is it's quite stingy with it. But for the, like, you go back to the menu, and that's how you buy the uh, cosmetic items for all of your girls. So there's like a cyber goth in there, and you can get get her like a like a nun costume, <laughs> like a cyber nun, and it's like do do the like outfits affect gameplay? At no, all? they don't. It's just it's literally just cosmetic stuff. Okay. But it's kind of like I'm kind of like well, I want to play and unlock them all. When you unlock all of the cosmetics, like hairstyles and, and clothing for a girl, you get a sexy picture of them, and I'm like, <sighs> I mean, I'm sure that's good for some people, but I'm just like, okay, this uh, is this is in my Steam feed now. <laughs> I, I'm um, assuming that these pictures are <laughs> like them uh, bending over chairs and stuff. It's nothing like explicit. Again, it's just yeah, very suggestive. A, a very, uh, I, I guess, what, what would it be? PG thirteen is, I believe, the American uh, rating. That that'd be about yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just kind of. I mean, it's weirdly sexless to me. That's. I mean, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing it for a sexual buzz or anything. Although I don't know how you could, because it's a bit. It's, there's. You don't see anything, and 
it's it's very silly. I don't know. Tycoon games can be sexy. I, and I always okay, play no. with. I always play with like a semi chub when doing transport tycoon. Well, yeah, because so. that's a classic, and it is an absolute like. It is a monument to sexual gratification. I can't play uh, roller coaster tycoon for too long, or I'll pass out. No, I understand. <laughs> it's not in the blood. It's the problem. Can't Last play time anymore. I I'm played Sim City, I just about ripped my cock off. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the title. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we've got we've got a selection this week. Oh, I do like it. Uh, but yeah, I can't seem to get like the platinum trophy is like finishing with like I, I think it's like a hundred thousand fans, and I just can't get fucking close. It's like you have to like there's min max guides for like min maxing your 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 cam girls, and I just I can't really do it because I'm just well a I'm bad at video games. There is that, <laughs> and then there's like B it's like um. I think it involves a lot of just send them to the fucking, send them to the sleazy hotel, so what if they get AIDS? But you can get, like, because if a girl gets AIDS, I mean, if a girl gets, like, chlamydia, which is the the only, like, illness I've dealt with, you can get steroids, which puts, like, it basically dulls the symptoms for a few days. It's because um, if, if, uh, if, when a girl has chlamydia, they get super stressed very quickly. So they're, they're like, you can send them to do cam shows and stuff and they get, they get like double stress out of it. So they can, they work less basically, which is really also quite cynical. Like, oh yeah, just take some pills, work harder. I don't care. But yeah, so I think it's got, got a lot to do with that because then you can get a lot more money and then you can afford to, to go and, and like get, and like spend it on advertising and things like that. But it's just, I'm, I'm not good enough at the plate spinning to get that far i'm assuming you've just got a min max like i crazy. think yeah it's just there's, there's gonna be like there's gonna be like the golden like solution there's gonna be you do xyz get these three girls to start with and and but yeah it's just that's a, it's a bit much for me at the moment because i'm still <laughs> a bit of a noob at it but yeah so I've, I've been playing that um also we didn't mention the last podcast mainly because i think we've been trying to blanket from our memory but we've been playing beyond two souls for the channel oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The Willem Dafoe and Ellen Page Rage Cage game. <laughs> that is a fucking game and a half. Oh, that's definitely a video... No, no. It's definitely a thing you can play on a video games console <laughs> that has Willem Dafoe in it. I, I think I, men- I mentioned this on Twitter. I, I, I want people to be impressed that we can play a game as weirdly disjointed as that <laughs> like a week or two apart when we were recording the sessions and still kind of remember what the fuck is going on it's it's not easy because it's like it's it's the non-linear storytelling yeah, yeah. so like it starts off like, i don't know if you've seen matt because yeah. you know yeah, yeah, you I've need been, to watch all watching. of our videos i haven't seen the most recent one but i think i've seen up to mm. episode six or something for people who might not know it's incredibly disjointed and the narrative is out of order I don't know why it is. I mean, it's kind of semi-justified in the I beginning. I know why. Is it because David Cage saw it in a movie and thought, oh, this is so good, hon, hon, hon. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, there we go. That's, <laughs> there's the reasoning. No, no, um, I I often believe the reason why it's like that is because if you actually put all of the narrative in order, you realise how little of a story there actually is. Well, I mean, that's okay. Like, I don't mind, like, the story not being particularly strong, but it's when you have to resort to, ch- like, cheap tricks like that, it kind mm. of bugs me. But, I mean, I, okay, I would say, like, I think a lot of people might be maybe wondering if we genuinely hate David Cage, and it's like, no, not really. He's just... 
crap and is he's fun to make fun of see uh, he's uh he's the in like uh, you know there's there's developers that you can get genuinely annoyed at like i understand people who have a genuine seething dislike of uh, like peter molyneux <laughs> i do ex- i do exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of developers we like to whip because he lies he's, yeah. he's a naughty liar man uh, and so i understand that whereas i always get the impression from david cage of that he's he's just someone who's kind of incompetent Who's been given way too much power? I I think yeah, that's the kind of vibe I get. I mean, who fucking knows? I don't know why. Like, because the people at Quantic Dream, they know how to make very beautiful games. Like, they look mm. great. Like, yeah. um, Heavy Rain was fantastic when it came out. Yeah, but Beyond Two Souls quite often looks very next gen, as it were. Like, it oh. looks like a PS4 game sometimes. I mean, it is only running at 720. Um, but it is running at 60, which I was which fucking is, shocked about. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, or at least our... Um, our captain <laughs> ca- so. says it is. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Who knows? Uh, I, I, when it comes to consoles, I'm kind of bad at telling what frame rate is uh, it's running at. But but yeah, they make these really gorgeous looking games. And like, I, I, I liked Heavy Rain, but it's got no replay value. Because once you realise that the ending is always... The same. Well, not the same, but the the killer is always the same person. Yeah. I mean, um, going up to it, I think that was probably the last game I got hyped for before I became a cynical mass of hatred and bitterness. Like, completely, I mean. Mm. Um, and like they had like a, a thing on the PS3 where you'd go with your weird avatars and have a tour and stuff, and it was it was exciting. It was, oh, it was on it was on the PlayStation Home. PlayStation Home, yeah. And you'd like you have to go and photograph a glove or something, and and like yeah, were, this was to promote Heavy Rain. By was, the way, this was to promote Heavy Rain, and it was it was I was like, oh, this is interesting. I quite like Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy if you're anywhere else. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I, I'll give this a go, and then I got it, and like uh, I got it, and it was like. Up and like leading up to it, it was every time you you play it, it's going to be a different person. Like the killer is a different person. It can go so many different ways. You know, this game game dev bullshit basically. Like just promoting it with why why don't we just fucking lie? Because I, I don't I, think it was a lie. I think it was that was going to be okay, the case. This is the thing. Like every game promotion, they lie. Because of course they fucking do. They're trying to. They're, oh, it's they're marketing. Trying to, yeah. It's marketing. They're trying to sell. It. Like so, you know. I'm not as in, I'm not as naive as all that. But it was like that. Uh, it, I think that's what was going to happen. But like, Heavy Rain had a gargantuan amount of cut fucking content. Like there was going to be a lot of like psychic kind of connections between like the killers and certain characters, and it was it basically went a bit. Fahrenheit, yeah, well, and they kind still, of removed all that. There's still some holdover from that when... Uh, yeah, which is why it's like a lot of the points in the story feels violently fucking a, disjointed. A lot of the stuff to do with Ethan stops making sense. Well, Madison <laughs> as a character just stops being... just like They just cut out her backstory. And it was just like, okay, um, I guess I don't need to know fucking anything about this rando woman who shows up in a hotel. That's well, no, fine. no. She, uh, she, her, she serves her entire purpose, as in she has sex with the main character... And she gets in her underwear and is nearly sexually assaulted in her own home in mean, a dream sequence. You mean she's written by David Cage? Yeah, because that's like he loves he loves it when like women like get get attacked by by people. Mm. Which is it's like okay now as a writer, some of these tro- like tropes are there for a reason and cliches. You know sometimes they can work. It's just it's like it's like uh, like Terminator. 
like Terminator 2, there's a lot of fucking problems with that movie. A, it's a time travel movie, which is always a massive inconsistencies. But the reason it gets away with them is because it's very, very well done. David Cage, however, <laughs> isn't that good. Well, so the... he like that, so you can't really forgive that much. No, well, the problem is is that his his games are um, a bunch of tropes held together with a bunch of unexplained <laughs> insanity. Yeah. And you end up with you end up with um, characters starting off in a kind of sensible murder mystery thing, and then through a series of of things that are weird but also <laughs> oddly predictable, ends up fighting the internet as Goku. Yeah, I, I, will, I will say credit where credit is due because I first played Fahrenheit in, um, in my games dev class at college, and I fell in love with that game. The first hour of Fahrenheit was fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah, I had yeah. never encountered something so fantastic. I was like, this fucking. I went home and I fucking bought it. I bought it, just like, I, I played it, like, like the same kind of thing about three times, because you're supposed to play, like, the first hour and see how it, you know, basically learn from it, like, how oh, it's oh, set up. That's what you did at college. That's what I did at college, yeah, so that's why I was playing it at college. Yeah. So you could learn, like, what is good about this game, what what is good about the startup, what hooks you, kind of thing. So we played other games like Resident Evil 4 and, and stuff like that. But, like, this one really left an impact on me. I was like, damn, a game where you you wake up and you've killed this guy and... And you've got to you've got to hide the evidence and run and and then you play as the cop chasing you. That's so fucking fantastic. And then he fights the fucking internet. And you're like, the fuck happened? You sit there at like, the fucking halfway, like towards the end, you go, I'm fighting the internet. This there's, there's this, a Mayan conspiracy. There's a Mayan I'm conspiracy. I'm flying. I'm kicking cop cars until they explode. And fighting the internet. I feel I have been missold. It's, it's just... It, there's that, always that fucking, like, jumping the shark moment. Like, there's like four of them in every David Cage game. Yeah, I mean, um, the thing with uh, with Beyond Two Souls, as opposed to his previous things, is that the other ones, I think, managed to keep up the illusion that you were guiding the events and that things that you did mattered. Well, there were failure states in the other ones. In yeah. this one, it's yeah. kind of like, you, like... I literally, at one point, I just stopped controlling during a battle, and I was just... Was, I was talking about fucking D&D, and I got out of it fucking perfectly. Yeah. It was just, my character model had a few more scrapes, and it was like, eh. Yeah, whatever. we've not actually encountered any real failure state. No. I think actually I guess there are things uh, where it is something that is not deadly to you and you just have to keep doing it until you do it. Yeah. That's the, I, I guess non progress is is a failure state of a kind. I guess if I guess in that context, I guess it is kind of the only failure state is not progressing. Yeah. So I guess we're currently in the failure state right now by not playing it. <laughs> well I, I don't I do not consider not playing Beyond Two Souls to be a failure state. I consider that to be an unmitigated victory. Yeah. I mean this is the thing, it's like my biggest problem with the game is that if he'd have stopped falling back and being lazy as a writer, it could have been so much better. That's my biggest issue because I, I look at it and go this is really interesting, like this weird other world that only one person, as far as I know, on Earth seems to have some strange fucking connection to. That's really interesting. And you've got good actors in there. You've got good actors doing good jobs with a mediocre, at best, script. And it's kind of like, this could be fucking perfection if you just tried a little harder. I mean, again, credit where credit is due. His tone in, in Beyond Two Souls is so much more consistent than oh, it yeah. has been. yeah. In, in the previous two big ones, like Fahrenheit and Heavy Rain. Like, 
the tone is a lot more consistent. The level of supernatural garbage is a hell of a lot more stable. Yeah, you're sort of introduced to supernatural stuff at the start, and yeah, it it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah it doesn't just like, hey, hey, Jody, fight the internet for the CIA. <laughs> that would be really cool. Although. I'll be honest, wouldn't surprise me if that happened. Oh, no. Because I, the, the thing is, because of the way the game is made, I watched a Let's Play of it back when it first came out. So I technically know the entire story. But because it's so out of order and so disjointed and <laughs> things don't necessarily, like, flow smoothly, I don't remember fucking anything about, like, large <laughs> portions of it. Like, I remember there's... Like, I I remember the scene which actually would have gone out by the time we put this up with the guitar. Oh, my God. Um, I cringe so hard. But Matt won't have seen that yet. So. <laughs> no. We, so okay. we won't spoil it too much. Uh, so I, I remember bits like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember, like, the a lot of the overarching things of how things connect or, 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 or things, which I don't know if that's just because of the non-linear, like, storytelling or if it's because the actual story, when taken as a whole, is wholly unmemorable. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the thing. You just don't know. It's like, it's like putting all those fancy like techniques in there. It just it just doesn't really do it for me. It doesn't really. I don't think it improves anything. I I, it, I'd be happier with just a mediocre story told in order. Yeah. However, I do think it is hilarious as a video game. Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's fantastic. It, it is a very fun experience. Not really because the game's that fun. It's just because you sit there and just go, "You fucking serious." Well, it's it's um, the opposite of a lot of like shitty games because normally what happens in a, in like really shitty games is you're dying all the time, and, and so like, they just become really yeah. stressful to play. Whereas you're not going to die, so there's basically no stress in playing Beyond Two Souls. You're just kind of failing your way through it. You just move forward and press buttons occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. So the controls don't work, but it doesn't matter because the game will wait around until it finishes. Mm. So For me, for me, that's the biggest issue with this game. Like, I've, not, I've not played it. I've only seen you guys play it, basically. I vaguely knew what it was about. Like, I don't have a mass... Like, I'm not too upset by the whole story out of thing thing. I think it can... I mean, it's different playing it to watching it, but I think it can work quite well doing things like that. Oh, oh, absolutely! absolutely. It, yeah. it just you need um, to know what you're doing. Like, what's the film where it's like told backwards? It Memento is it called? Um, and it's I, I saw that ages ago. So I can't exactly remember. But it's like it's similar. It's like it's basically like it's told backwards, and then halfway through the film, you find out what it's about, and then it goes forward again, or some, some it's something like that. I can't exactly remember, and it's really cool. Um, it can work. I mean, it obviously doesn't seem to in this case. But I think for me, the biggest issue is just, yeah, you, there needs to be some consequences. Otherwise, it's just not a game. Yeah, it's... Like, it's... If you could just stop play, stop playing and stop pressing any button and still win your fight sequence, like, what's the point in playing in the first place? Yeah, it's it, it kind of... It really doesn't engage mm. me in the story. I mean, like, I, I see kind of, like, failure states, like, like character death as, as, as like, resulting in a, a failure of, of button pressing. I see that as that is a consequence. That is a failure state. That is something you want to avoid. Yeah. That is something that gets you I mean, invested in fights. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't want it to be suddenly, you know, out of nowhere, a button prompt comes up, you miss it, and you die. But yeah. there's got to be a balance somewhere in between the two of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is very strange because, like, yeah, I, I got hit by a monitor and thrown around, and that, like, yeah. that. It's like, you know, if if there was, if I felt like there was any threat of my character dying. I'd give a shit. I would give so much more of a shit. 
Because I don't want to see my character fail. I want to succeed. Whereas if I can just put it down on the table and talk about fucking whatever I want, or I'm watch, not going to um, get involved. Or, of course, watch Ellen Page plough headfirst <laughs> into logs and things. <laughs> that was so fucking brutal for how like she was down for a split second. Like, I'm pretty sure you'd brain yourself <laughs> at that fucking velocity. You know I am surprised I mean? there is a tooth left in her head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, I, I give that game a lot of shit, but that's just because I see how good it could have been. Yeah. Because at the moment, it's just it's just aggressively average. I mean, and... it, it, like I say, because of its ability to kind of just fail your way through it, it becomes a great game to let's play because oh, it's impossible you... to get hung up on things. Yeah, but... so you can spend more time just doing the talky talks over everything and making fun of Willem Dafoe and pretending that the entire thing is literally just like Spider-Man like 1.5. <laughs> Because <laughs> Norman Osborn went insane, didn't actually die, spoilers, and uh, decided to train up a little girl to kill Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think makes the narrative way more fucking entertaining. Oh, excellent. That, and I don't think I'll ever get bored of just doing really bad Willem Dafoe impersonations, because apparently the only, like, the only role he's ever done... Is Norman Osborn oh, yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man. He's, he's, he's never had any success on any of the roles. Nope. No, he's, he's not a massively successful actor who does loads of different movies. Who's and... been in lots of, uh, as well as big budget movies, lots of very, uh, independent, very yeah, interesting no, movies. Yeah, no, he's not done anything like that at all. No, never. He's the green, he... he played the Green Goblin, like, once. And, and he only had one career. line in that, which was, Think about it, hero! <laughs> which is apparently <laughs> the only line I can remember. <laughs> Although I do love his uh, his weird Power Ranger standing, like the way he stands there, like, you know, where he's with Spider-Man on the yeah. roof, and he's like, yeah, we're gonna go and fuck up the city, Spider-Man, join me and I won't scare you, Aunt May, or what, he has like a weird, like, Brooklyn accent that he fades into for some reason. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember if that's real or if that's in your head. <laughs> no, it's, well, okay, that's fair. Uh, but, you know, at the end he, like, grabs Spider-Man's face and he's like, but because you really piss me off. I'm gonna make your girlfriend suffer. Like, he's like, um, so is this, like, this is like the Batman voice for the Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, yeah. okay, so I'm, I'm an incredibly successful businessman. You know, Oscorp is, is a global phenomenon. Uh, so everyone knows what I sound like. You know, like, the leader of, like, everyone knows what, you know, the leader of Walmart sounds like, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. yeah he's got a very distinctive accent. Very distinctive accent. So he's like, no, but, what if I did a really bad accent? Then no, nobody would know then. Yeah, I'm so clever. Now I'm just thinking of the possibility of other heroes and supervillains doing that. So, like, what if the Joker was Welsh? <laughs> oh my god! That sounds fantastic! Or a West Country Riddler. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> Because I can't do a West Country accent. I'm not very good at them either, so I'm, I'm not going to offend the West just Country. pretend people. you're a pirate. <laughs> yeah, just pretend you're a pirate and be the Riddler. In short, Beyond Two Souls it's... is not a particularly good game, but it is quite funny. Yes, I have a lot of complex feelings which are hard to articulate because I'm bad at words. <laughs> there is that too. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, I, I don't <sighs> feel like I'm missing out by playing it because I feel like watching it, I'm having just as much input into the play gameplay as I was. <laughs> Would be if I was playing it. So that's the thing. If like if you just look up a silent let's play on YouTube where no one does anything, that's literally the experience. <laughs> I I do feel that is always a sad indictment on a game mm. when just watching it on YouTube is pretty much it's the same experience as playing it. I mean, like it's just 
sad. Because, yeah, like, oh, I've made my, myself perfectly clear. I, I, I'm kind of just... I, I, I am distressed because the game had a lot of potential. So, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. We could, we, could, we could talk about this all day. But we're not going to because we have a finite amount of time on this earth and I'm not spending it here talking about David fucking Cage. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> Okay, you just want to eat that last little bit of cheese? I really do want to eat that last little bit of cheese. Then just eat that little bit of cheese. Are you sure? Yes, because I don't want to hear you eating cheese in the audio. Alright then. So. Um, hi. I'm eating cheese. Yeah, sorry. I thought you'd be gone a little bit longer. This is your fault. That's right. Just eating cheese. Oh yeah, no, no worries. Mm. Cheese is good. A baby bell cheese. Oh, we have, um, we had raclette here. So, so what you get, you get like, it's like a... A plate-sized, but like, I don't know, six inches tall thing that you put in the middle of the table. Okay. And it's like, got a shelf halfway up. And then like, above that, it's got like, heating grill element thing. So it's basically like a mini grill thing. Okay. But then it's got, and it's like, got the opposite side of that. So on the very top is like a hot plate sort of thing. So you get like a little, I guess it can only be described as like a trowel sort of thing. Like a little, <laughs> like a triangle thing, but... You mean like a, a cake? Yeah, like a cake, cake slice thing, but with sides as well. So it's like a um, like a big spoon, basically, but triangle shaped. Okay. So then you, when you put them... Have you ever played Trivial Pursuit? I know it's boring, don't get started on that. But no. You get little, like, mats. Yeah, yeah, I've played Yeah, you know you get your little cheeses that you put in a... put in a, Yeah, collect six of them and put them in a hexagon. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. But they're hollow because they're... Sorry, go with me on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hollow cheese that you put in a hexagon. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. But if anyone's I'm kind played of... Trivial Pursuit, um, so basically, if you turn those upside down, they're like a triangle shaped ish, but with a hole in the top. Imagine that, but as big as like a dinner plate sort of thing. I don't know. Sorry, that's oh. quite bad explaining. But anyway, basically, you get a trap. <laughs> you, you put cheese on your little trowel and then put it under the grill thing and leave it on there. And then while your cheese is grilling. You put like salami and various bacon and meats on the top hot plate, and then when your cheese is grilled, you pour it over potatoes and put the meat on. And then while you're eating, you put more cheese on your cheese spoon thing and put it under the grill again, and it's just excellent. Cheese to the cheese spoon. Yeah, the the tr- cheese triangle trowel thing. Okay. Um, Basically, that just you just sounds eat like it. a really shit pizza. You just eat, yeah, but you kind of it's kind of sociable. It's quite nice. Oh. So is it kind of like like cheese and ham fondue? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It's quite excellent. They have a lot of good cheese here. I can imagine they have some great. As if cheese. you hadn't heard, if you if you hadn't heard about French cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Baby Bell, so you could say I'm a connoisseur. <laughs> I also ate a baguette once. So once. Yeah. Never again. It was sharp. It oh. scared me. But anyway, we should get back to okay. Yeah. So, Web, what have you been up to? Uh, video games, not much, uh, apart from obviously playing Beyond Two Souls. And okay. Binding of Isaac, presumably. Uh, uh, yeah, shut up. Um, and briefly played a bit of Eisenhorn Xenos, or Xenos, I'm not sure how it's supposed to be Xenos, pronounced anymore. Xenos bugs the fuck out of me. Um, but that's a, a Warhammer 40k game. Okay. Uh, that a mobile was, port. Yeah, it was a mobile port of, they, they made, they decided to make like an RPG based on one of Dan Abnett's, um, books. Oh, right. Well, well, he did a trilogy of them, and I think this is based off the first book, which is called the same thing, so presumably it's based on... Yeah, it is based on the first one, then nothing on Presumably. You being, can't take that for granted. But... Being called the same thing makes sense. <laughs> you uh, mean like Call of Cthulhu? 
Uh, okay, yeah. Dark Call- Corners of the Earth. Yeah, Call of Cthulhu is a bad example. Yeah, that is. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's based on that uh, Dan Abnett novel um, of you play as an Inquisitor, and it, it's uh, I've only played like an hour or so of it for the uh, the video that should have gone up on Wednesday, but hasn't been because it's edited. Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Talk- but when this comes out, it will have been yeah. up, um, and it's that that's just it's a it's another kind of frustrating game because it has this grand scope. All of the 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 environments were often quite big and and gothic, very grandiose, very forty k. Yeah, um, okay. and the the main uh, the main guy um, Gregor Eisenhorn is played by Mark Strong, who did Titus's voice in uh, Space Marine. So you know he's he's already got a provably good forty k voice. The forty k voice is a fantastic thing, <laughs> and I love it. It's, it's perfection. It's like a slightly gruff, educated English voice is like the the uh, the voice that just really goes well with that mm. setting. Uh, also, rest in peace, John Hurt. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, 2016 was fucking horrible enough. Because <laughs> yeah, because he played uh, Pythol in not yeah. no, he didn't play Pythol. He played um, Brother Karnak in mm. um, Ultramarines. Yeah, and had a fucking yeah, amazing don't, don't, voice. Don't remember him with that. No, don't no. let that be the thing he's remembered <laughs> no. for. Don't. He was a good man. But he was the best thing about that movie. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> his voice is just, was just fucking amazing. Oh, and yeah, yeah, he's been he's been in loads of shit, um, and he's he was a great actor. He will be missed. Yeah. Um, the problem getting to our age, all the people you grew up with and you know give a shit about start yeah. dying. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, back to um, Eisenhorn. Yeah, it was. Um, so, so good, good voice acting um, for for the main character at least. Um, not s- the other characters are all right. Um, I, I, I personally, the, the the bad guy you're chasing, I clone. I didn't like his uh, his. Vo- I think maybe it was just that he had a strange vocal tick where every time he spoke, he had to call the inquisitor by his first name. I and I that I see. This is the thing. I like, don't know why you why why you're so. It just bugged the by fuck him. out of me. I was just like, oh yeah, Gregor. I was like, okay, that's fine. It's the first few be, times, it's fine. It's, I appreciate it's condescending. Yeah, he's being condescending to him. That's why. But it feels like he's like he's being a little kid and he's using the same thing over and over again because he knew it worked at least once. Well, it just. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that this is a justifiable criticism. I'm just saying that I ha- I am weird and this bugged me. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, when there's a million other things to get annoyed about the game. Oh, no, about. no, no. Don't get me wrong. There are. Because, um, yeah, uh, the big problem with it is is that, yeah, it's a mobile game originally, so it had to have a very simplistic kind of combat system. Right. Uh, simplistic as in you hit left-click a lot. And that's about it. Oh, okay. Um, so you tap the screen a lot, basically. Yeah, um, and all the quick-time events presumably were taps, and so now they're just left-clicks. And... It kind of locks on to people, because obviously a lock-on system, uh, uh, like manually targeting, would be very awkward on mobile devices, so that's just kind of carried over. And so it just kind of automatically locks on to people. But that means that half the time it decides not to lock on to people, mm-hmm. and locks on to, like, the exact opposite of where they are. Or, alternately, will lock on to a person standing behind the camera and not the guy right in front of you who's pointing a gun at your face. Yeah, that was that was a bit like because you because uh, you're a psycho. The, the Inquisitor you're playing as is a psycho, so yeah, you've like got a, like force push. And... Yeah, he's got he's a low level psycho at least at the start. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Well, yeah, the part we played. 
and like you have like yeah you have like a false push like to use during combat and I remember seeing you you use that twice on a guy you were facing and it just spun him round and did it at the camera yeah and didn't really hit anyone and that happens a good few times and it was like it got you killed once or twice yeah and there's, there's just very little audio visual feedback when you get hit either so it, it sometimes you don't notice you're getting hit especially if there's like a lot of people around and it's just it just doesn't feel good. I mean, there are some elements, again, that are, like, very cool. Like, like a lot of the environments, like, um, it's just very, very, yeah, like, it's a grandiose in scope, just very gothic and fucking just huge. Yeah, like, basically, it's one of those games where everything that's, like, on the artsy side of it, like, the, the level, uh, like, the way the levels actually look, and the character design, and the, the a lot of the audio... All works really, really well and looks cool. And it's just the video game part because it was a, what could have been a really cool RPG that was just hamstrung by shitty mobile controls that carried over to its PC port. Yeah, I think the the, the platform that it was released on is the biggest problem yeah, with it. I, I will probably play through the whole thing. Like, well, I'll just put it on easy mode because I, I want to yeah. just experience the story and how it tells it. But I, but the gameplay itself is just fucking trash. I hate yeah. it. But I don't think we're really we're not really uh, offending many sensibilities by saying so because oh, no. it's quite widely agreed upon that the controls are pretty shonky. Yeah, it seems it's one of those games where you look at like Steam reviews and it's either people going "This is unplayable garbage," just read the book instead; it's way better. Oh, or, I, I want to read the book. Yeah, but... or people going, "Yeah, it, the actual game kind of sucks, but I really enjoyed the story, so it's worth playing it for that." Yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking at it like it's probably going to be like Mass Effect 1 for me, where I hate the way it plays, but I like the story a lot, yeah. and that's why I play it. Yeah. That's what I think it's going to boil down to. But uh, to stick on the on the sci-fi um, thing, I do have a, I do have another topic. Um, shock horror, you will be surprised to learn, it is related to Star Trek. Oh. Um, so last... is, I'm just going to say, that is sort of character. I know, it really is, isn't it? I should, probably, I should probably make like a jingle. Like, Wib talks about Star Trek for 20 minutes, like Jingle. And, the- <laughs> and it's used in every podcast. Yeah. It's just, we- actually, we just changed the intro music. Should we just fuck, <laughs> you know what, fuck gaming, why don't we just make this a Star Trek podcast? Because that's pretty much where we're going. <laughs> but this is a this is a very interesting one. I didn't intend to talk about this, but I. I <laughs> but you're fucking going. No, to. but it was just so weird and interesting that I had to talk about it. Web talks about Star Wars. Oh, Star Trek, not Star Wars. <laughs> oh, oh, God. oh sorry, you, everyone knows you're a I'm fake so gamer sorry. boy now. Oh. I said the wrong thing. oh, you did. And now the internet will never forgive. <laughs> if you don't take that out, I might cry. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, <laughs> so I mentioned last time that I had got these these comics, these Star Trek comics that are being released like every every couple of weeks. Um, they're like one of those things where you you get a subscription. Oh yeah, and they, yep, yep, yep. But the uh, you know you you get only the first ones affordable. The, the first ones cheap, and then they get expensive after that. And most of the time, they're not worth the money. Yeah, and there's a million issues. So, if you actually get a subscription, then you're just basically committing to spending two grand on shit you don't need. Yeah. However, because the first handful are released kind of just into like news agents and things, I was like, well, I'll pick up the first couple. Um, because the first one was dirt cheap, and the second one was based on um, City and the Edge of Forever. Yeah. Which is the best, well, one of the best episodes of written the original series, and written by Harlan Ellison, and it was the 
a, a retelling of it based on his original script, and so it is much more interesting. And so I was like, well, I'll pick those both up um, because I'm in hell to pick that up in its collected form, not in this this kind of collected state is like twenty odd quid, whereas this was seven, okay. so it was actually decent value. Now I pick them up for the main stories, which yeah, one was sitting on the edge of forever, and the other one was um, the connecting story between um, post Nemesis regular Star Trek and the um, reboots, uh, which, uh, you know, does the um, elaborate thing of giving backstory and character to the main antagonist of the movie, which some critics, some uh, people with very extremist opinions like myself think that you should do those things in the movie he's in. Oh, um, but <laughs> is no, that what you think? They chose to do it in the companion comic book. Um, it's, that seems ass backwards I'm yeah, gonna be yeah. honest. It, it's alright it's called Countdown and it's, it's okay and the City on the Edge of Forever is really good um, much like the actual episode it's, it's a good comic um, including like a foreword and an afterword by Harlan Ellison himself which is kind of fun did he hate it? Uh, no he loved he, it um, really? which is shocking because Harlan Ellison doesn't like anything no he's kind of like the like the old cranky like writer man's yeah. like like Alan Moore that is like I hate everything Stop. yeah I hate every adaptation of everything I've yeah. made so yeah no that's yeah. ooh um, however the thing I actually want to talk about is that in each of those these these books there has been a a classic 60s Star Trek comic in the back of them like reprinted yeah a re- like a reprinted okay. version of that okay. um, they're made by a, uh, a company called Gold Key who apparently made a load of like um, licensed stuff back in the day now, these things are a work of of surreal art. Now, okay. they're very obviously done very cheaply. And the first warning sign is like the, the, the foreword for these things basically says that, yeah, they didn't have much reference material to go on when making these. So right. even though the show was on telly, um, they couldn't... They, oh, there was no VHS tapes around, so they couldn't just give them a tape like to watch. Yeah. So I'm guessing they didn't have the foresight to like with um say something like like Batman the animated series had writers notes like do's and don'ts and and like guidelines. Yeah, they no, had to this... fill and like bullet points that they needed to to appreciate if they were going to write for like write an episode. Yeah, no, that that is not the case here. So oh. <laughs> so there's lots of minor inaccuracies that you notice like um the the uh, artist who was an Italian guy he um he had only press stills, like the PR shots. Uh, he didn't have one for um, James Doohan, who plays um, Scotty. Oh. So Scotty just isn't Scotty in this. <laughs> um, presumably because of the weird coloration on photos he was given. Um, Bones is for some reason in a green shirt. Okay. And uh, this is not related to the uh, inaccuracies of, of just not having uh, reference material. Uh, he just can't draw um, Kirk. You cannot draw William Shatner at all. Okay. So half the time when William Shatner's talking, uh, because because other people are wearing green shirts, I don't know if it's William Shatner half the time. <laughs> it looks nothing like him, and it looks different in every other shot. Oh, uh, you see, this is it's like I kind of I do feel bad for the the people making it because yeah, like you say, they had like barely any yeah. resources, <laughs> and there's lots of things that are just like it's totally non-canon. As in, like, the ship has rockets rather than warp nacelles. Like, you see, like, fire coming out the back of them and shit. Oh. Um, and, uh, and, like, it calls them um, teleporters rather than transporters. Things like that. Like, the, the minor ones that you can kind of get away with and, like, the fact that the inside of the ship looks nothing like it. But what makes it really, really interesting is that the tone of it is completely fucked. 
So you know how Star Trek is generally a fairly um, a fairly uh, progressive. A show generally yeah, yeah. tries to look on the bright side of things. It's very hopeful, and especially in early uh, in early Star Trek in, in TOS, it it had a an almost well, I won't say almost an actually deluded uh, idea of how of men being like these perfect beings because Gene Roddenberry was a strange man and he, yeah he he, he insisted that um, that humans had to be like they were un- ever allowed to be bad. They were supposed they had to be like uncorruptible almost. Yeah. Um, especially uh, Federation humans, um, which is actually one of the things that was changed in the the rewrite of City on the Edge of Forever. There was a corrupt Federation guy. Mm. He's the bad guy in, in the original version, and that's just not in the new one. See, that the, sounds the so version. much more interesting. To it me. is. It is. Um, uh, yeah, this this did not apparently go through to the comic creators. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of an overview of the first issue, and this is actually the first issue that was put out, and um, to demonstrate how it is not only completely on Star Trek, but also how it is completely insane. Okay. And this is bearing in mind it's based on TOS, and TOS was already insane. <laughs> like, already, I had lit- they literally go and have an episode where they meet Apollo, the Greek god. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Well, you know what's really funny about TOS? It sounds like comic books. Yeah, it sounds like it's all made up. It's, it's like, I, I read comic books for a fucking best part yeah. of a decade, and some of the dumb shit in there, you just... You can't do yeah. on television, and it sounds like that's Sorry. what they did. Yeah, all the dumb shit you find in comic books, Star Trek did it already. Wow. <laughs> so, in this episode, uh, well, the episode, this issue, which I can't remember the name of, I've had enough to go get it, but it was the very first issue of the Gold Key comics. They go on, a, they, they land on a planet that is uh, is covered in plants. Now, unbeknownst to them, some of these, some spores from the planet have got out into space and they seep through the structure of the ship. And they get into McCoy's guinea pigs. He has guinea pigs now. Okay, yeah. Why, why not? And they... That, does he store liquor near them? Possibly. Um, <laughs> I, I presume they're actually just at a front for uh, for a liquor cabinet. That, that probably yeah. feels like him, yeah. The, the uh, guinea pigs are infected by the spores and turn into John Carpenter's The Thing. I thought but, you were going to say John Carpenter. <laughs> like, what? They start directing really good movies. <laughs> no, no, they, they turn into, like, a, a, they become this weird body horror, like, mass of, of tentacles that's, yeah. like, plant-based. Okay, that sounds cool and all, but, like you say, not quite Star Trek. So they land on the planet, and the these things can also infect people, although they only infect one red shirt, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he wore a red shirt, didn't he? Um, and, and so you end up... With, and it turns out that this planet is basically full of sentient trees that can walk around. And these sentient trees are very, very angry. Angry sentient and trees. And they will attack people. Now, the, possibly the best part about it is that whenever it, finding out these shocking things, uh, the crew um, have ex, ex, um, exclamations... That they use much like an old comic book, you know yeah, how, yeah, yeah. or like an old old TV series, you know, like like in Scooby Doo, the whole Jinkies, or you know that kind, that kind of thing. There's like a catchphrase, yeah, catchphrases. Whereas they seem to be trying to make one stick in these comic books, um, so they say things like "suffering solar showers" oh. or, or "howling comets" or oh. "shades of Pluto." Oh, look, there's a plant over there. You know, it's it's. That's all the way through it, which <laughs> takes you out of it. Um, Suffering solar showers. Yeah. Now, these <sighs> plants, these plant people, um, they also have um, the equivalent of bloodhounds. Um, carnivorous plants that they used to hunt with. Do you want to know what those plants are? I'm guessing they're nowhere near as cool as, like, predator hounds. They are 
carnivorous tumbleweeds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but for real, for real this time. Yeah, really, 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 really. That is really a thing. I'm just trying to imagine, like, like Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner in the show, like hamming, like proper, like hamming it up, running away from a tumbleweed that is growling at them. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. But the best part, the absolute best part. Is that when they get back on the ship, Spock then turns around and goes, we can't leave this planet alone. If these spores get out, they could take over the universe and proceeds to completely eradicate the planet of life with the phasers from the ship. He exterminates the planet. <laughs> oh my God. I was reading that and I just sat there and I was like, if Gene Roddenberry ever read this, he would have a fucking heart attack. Maybe that's what killed him. <laughs> Maybe. He, he finally read like, Well, fuck this, I'm just gonna die. Like, that's just, there's just this weird callousness and harshness about the reality of the of Star Trek universe in these comics, like the second one that, that I've got. They land on a prison planet where the where what happens is the race that that, ha- that has these planets... Uh, they send their prisoners there because these planets randomly explode. Oh yes, Britannia. I'm saying that basically, <laughs> Britain did basically the same thing, oh, sending okay. a bunch yeah, of. Yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah, but, but Australia doesn't explode. Well, okay. Um, I grew <laughs> up there. It, it does its best to kill you in other ways. Well, yeah, and it, but, I wish it would explode but, because that would be the least painful way it tries to murder you. But these planets randomly explode. That's that's the punishment. You get sent to them and then there's the, the psychological torment of that you're going to die and everything on this planet is going to not exist. But you don't know when. Okay, you know, I'm just going to say it. And I'm not, I am not taking a hardline stance on anything. I don't want to get that just into this kind of political discussion. If you're going to kill prisoners, just shoot them. Yeah. Don't fucking... Oh yeah, we'll spend, we'll spend God knows how much money sending them out into space. Locally, okay, they're gonna have to fucking look for these planets. Like, okay, like they're gonna look for the markers of an exploding planet. They're oh, they glow. Have... That's how you can tell an exploding planet, according to this comic, anyway. Oh well, oh, then okay. that settles that. So they have to find them, and then they go put them down there, which could explode at any time. Yeah. So how many like just jailers have been? Killed? Oh, oh, they're remote control ships that send them. Okay, they, they did think of that. Okay, so they thought of that. That still seems like just fucking throw them into a hole. Yeah, just a big hole. That okay. Fuck the spaceships. Fuck the, fuck the robotic spaceships. Throw them in a big fucking hole. Just hit them with a stick. Hit them with a stick until they die from it. Punt, like, feed them things that will kill them. Like, fucking, I don't know, throw them out of a window. It's Fucking send them to an... Exp- fuck if, you. If there is one thing that um, that we have proved as human beings is that any sentient life is probably not going to find it too difficult to think of ways of hurting fellow sentient life. Exactly. But but that's just like that just seems massively dramatic. And the really the kind of surreal thing is is that when they are f- when the Federation or people are first told about this, their first response is, "Oh, that's a remarkably progressive system." <clears throat> it's like, wait, what? What? That's what? Wow. Admittedly, that's before they find out the planets explode. That's when it's just they're just sent to a random planet and just left there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's quite progressive." And um, then they get told it explodes, and they're like, "That's too far." <laughs> Leaving them to starve horribly on an unknown planet is fine, but they, they killing give, them... They do give them food and stuff. Why do they give them food if they're just going so to explode? So they'll live longer, so that... Why do they need to live longer? So that then they'll live long enough to get exploded. I, uh, 
<laughs> okay. The, oh, oh. And the, the, okay. The, the end point is the prisoner dying. Yeah. Why do they need to explode? The thing is, it's not about the end point. It's about sending a message. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, um, fine. I'm not going to have a go at this stupid ass space culture. And then at the very end, because um, because the, the crew lands on it and they get captured by some of the prisoners and they eventually find out what's happening because the prisoners pretend that they've they were just part of a crash uh, and they eventually escape from from their their captors and they. As the Enterprise rockets away, literally rockets flame out the back of it and everything. Because they have rockets. Yeah. The planet explodes and the sentiment, not the exact wording, but the sentiment is, oh, well, we shouldn't have done anything anyway. We couldn't have saved them. Lol, Prime Directive. Oh. (laughs) Even though in the original series, it took until the end of like season two before they even gave a name to the Prime Directive and they broke it on... I want to say there's something like, uh, I think, about 80-odd episodes of original series. And I want to say there's a ballpark of about 40 of those. Don't just break the Prime Directive, but bust it over, like, break its spine over their knee. And then fuck the lifeless corpse of it. Oh! Oh, Oh, we're going there. That's how hard they break the Prime Directive on that show all the time. Mostly because they hadn't developed, it wasn't a thing in that universe until, like, the second season. Oh, yeah. And even then, they, they kind of just call it like the non-interference directive to begin with or something like that. And then by the end, they start calling it the prime directive. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the um, the Star that's... Trek comic books. I'm honestly tempted to buy the next. you got to see where the this next goes. One. Not because I actually want to read the story that's in the next one, like the main story, because that's like a, a Borg story um, involving uh, Picard and Seven of Nine, apparently. What? Okay, fine. Yeah, well, but they go back to the Alpha Quadrant, so yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean it's just that's, that's whatever. Yeah, yeah. They 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 are, they have like a whole canon, thing, well, well, non-canon sort of existence after the movies and uh, and Voyager ended. Loose canon. Yeah, kind of loose canon. Yeah. Um, but I just want it because I want to read the the Gold Key comic in the back and see how insane it gets because <laughs> they're they're just fantastically. Can Can you get these comics any other way? Uh, presumably, I don't know how much they cost to get the reprints. Probably be a bit more expensive yeah. than the book with the other ones. I mean, if well. I if I can find like a collected one of them, I might have to have a look for that because they're, they're they are a thing of wonder. Like they the... seem like so strange and wonderful and horrifyingly weird. It, it's sort of like how um, watching things like um, like like Voyager or Enterprise angers me because it, it tries to be canon but keeps breaking canon rules and keeps busting the continuity, like, constantly. Yeah. But when something breaks it to such an extravagant degree, it stops being annoying and you've just got to respect the shit out of it, you know? Mm. It's That's committed. why My Immortal is one of the best written fan fictions of all time. Exactly. <laughs> it's so perfect. So what we're saying is that the, the 1960s Gold Key Star Trek comics are the My Immortal of Star Trek. Yes. I'm okay with that. That sounds that sounds pretty good actually. Yeah, sounds about right. So we have one last thing to to discuss. Uh, you may remember that last time we had a very uh, long winded discussion about the um, mechanics and the logistics behind Toy Story's universe. Yeah, that yeah. came from a writing prompt uh, Tumblr account. Yeah, um, we thought it might be fun to try and find another one of those to talk about. Because okay. it, it gave us so much primo content. Because <laughs> this is what people are listening to the podcast for. Us being complete and utter wankers. So, I, I saw one um, earlier today that was... 
create a universe in which our universe is a fictional universe, then convince me that I'm a fictional character. Which I take to mean that in this this fictional universe, our universe is the fake one, so you have to try and convince me that my life is not real, because it can't be real, it has to be part of a narrative and fictional. Oh, okay. I, 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 I could do this, but I'm not sure if it, it hits a bit close to home, so <laughs> feel free to cut this, but you've dealt with the government, right? Yes. yes. That sort of horror can't possibly be real, it must be a story. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Yeah, I'm probably fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, real humans don't treat real humans like that. <laughs> yeah. That that is super real. <laughs> Sorry, if that's, that's a bit too. A no, bit too no, if that's that's to, to be fair. Yeah. That's probably the best thing. Yeah, we're I, gonna get out of that. <laughs> I mean, by by extension, you know, just just without dwelling on it, just look at the world right yeah. now. How could any of this be real? Mm. It, it, it must all be a joke. It's an elaborate satire. Yeah, it's, it must be. That's what we're here to do: dwell on things and make the uh, the, the listener very upset. So, by reminding them how horrible the world is. Well, I, well okay, to, to do this another way, I, I'm going to point out that, okay, Matt, there is, there is a bit of a plot hole in your story, okay, um, which proves that you're fictional. Right. Okay. What's this? Um, so, you know how you, you are, like, you know, you're, you're actually quite highly educated. Yeah, I guess. You know, you, you've you've been to the university. You yeah. you you nearly had a doctorate at one point. I am a, I am a master of metal. Yeah, you are a metal master. But you are also uh, a drummer. Yes. I do not believe those two things correlate. You know what? Checks out. <laughs> You're also probably um, the most, in, in the band, you were the probably the most musically adept of all of us. Oh, painfully so. <laughs> yet you would ins- yet uh, yet you 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 weren't the one writing the music for us, even though you could, but you didn't. Are you suggesting that drama Matt's some kind of Mary Sue? Yeah, he's a he's a Mary Sue basically, <laughs> and he he shouldn't. And it was it was obvious that they realised that in the writing process, so they had to like like bring you know, they like ran with it. So so they just kind of like uh, like like made his position so so that he couldn't exploit the Mary Sooners by mm. making him a drummer. So <laughs> he still has all of the all the hallmarks though. Yeah, I mean like you're the token like uh, cynic. Yeah, in the yeah. story, you're 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 the and then there's this asshole. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> I mean that with the most respect. Kind of like you're the one that everyone secretly relates to. You know, when they're all like, "Oh no, this is this is so bad!" And, like everyone's panicking and being idiots, and you sit there and go, "Hey, everyone's panicking and being idiots," but you make people laugh. Yeah, that's basically you. Okay. <laughs> you're the dude that never smiles. Oh, I'm. I am that trope. You're that trope. I mean, um, I mean, I guess to be honest, um, you could just sit there and say uh, that either of us. Um, we have managed to make money off the internet by playing video games, and there is no way that that can ever be a real thing. <laughs> it does sound hella fake. It to doesn't be fair. sound. <laughs> but, uh, no, the ultimate fictional thing is you know when you you know when you see a a movie or a TV show, and there's a fictional TV show or radio show or something in that universe. Yeah, and it's. It's obviously like based on like one one kind of joke, like the "I'll buy that for a dollar" thing in in RoboCop. Mm-hmm. And you you sit there and you go, 
Who would ever watch that? That that like there's not enough content there on that show. There's not enough like depth to that for that to be a real show that people watch all the time. Like the um like you know the, the happy elves on um in the Simpsons. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no one would ever actually watch that. Like Six Sad World. Yeah, like Six Sad or World. Or the, the the um Honey, where are my pants from a Lego movie? Uh, I've not, I have not seen that. Yeah, I've not seen it. How have you still not seen it? No, no, no. no. Oh. But I'll take your word for that. Anyway, okay. yeah. those kind of shows, the proof that we are in a fictional universe is that I firmly believe this podcast is exactly like <laughs> those shows. It's not enough depth or content for people to actually really want to listen to this. <laughs> so we're the ones that fade in. Like, just as the, like someone walks into the character's room and then they turn us off. Yeah. Like, quick. Yeah. So... About that thing we're doing. About the ninjas who kidnapped the president's daughter, you know, you know that kind of thing. You know, that, I'm actually starting to think that maybe we are fictional characters. <laughs> Draw Matsumari Sue, and we're just, we're, we're literally the uh, the background entertainment we're the, the background TV noise. show. What, what, I mean... We are world building for someone else's story. Oh, no, you know, that's kind of miserable, but that feels pretty accurate. Hey, at least we're useful. Well, yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> I guess on that uh, kind of on that slightly depressing note, we're good. We're good at making our listeners feel good. Oh, I don't know. They're, they'll probably feel fine because, like I say, we're, we're, it's their story. They're the they're the protagonist in the story. Well, they've shut off by now because somebody's walked into their room and gone like, "You're married to America now. We need to go save." I don't know the Queen of America or whatever it is that is in there. Uh... I kind of want to. I kind of want to hear that story. Yeah. That's certainly more interesting than uh, what we've got going on here. Well, to be fair, we are only snippets. <laughs> yeah. So this whole thing is probably a season's worth. Oh yeah, you just gradually hear little bits here and yeah, here just and little there. bits here and there, just the random disjointed garbage. <laughs> Again, much like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Oh. <laughs> but on that note, we should probably get going. Actually, yes, I think. Because, yes. you know, the protagonist's got shit to do right now. So yeah, yeah. yeah we right. need so, to back off. So you go and save the world or the president's daughter or go go rescue your sweetheart from the marriage that she shouldn't be doing with the wrong guy? Because they're not you? Because they're not you? I don't know. Whatever you, whatever your story, whatever your story is, we believe in you and we'll always be here to world build. <laughs> <laughs> we are a fucking fixture. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.